good morning on this Friday in the 15th week of Ordinary Time. I'll try to summarize these two beautiful readings we have from the 38th chapter of Isaiah and then from Matthew's Gospel. We moved today into chapter 12. We were in chapter 11 the entire week and now we've embarked in the beginning of chapter 12. Perhaps the theme would be authenticity and mercy. Authenticity and mercy. And Hezekiah's ailment, he knows his... He knows his life is soon to come to an end. In fact, Isaiah's bedside manner may be subject to question. You are about to die, you shall not recover. Boy, that's tough news. But that's what he tells him, because it's true. But uh, Hezekiah then, we're told in Isaiah's writing, he turns and faces the wall. He's authentically anxious, as any of us would be receiving such a diagnosis. And he prays and he says, Oh Lord, remember how faithfully and wholeheartedly I conducted myself in your presence, doing what was pleasing to you. Faithfully, wholeheartedly. So with authenticity, he did this. And his prayer of petition is heard. And the the word of the Lord then, we're told, comes to Isaiah. And Isaiah says, Isaiah is told from the Lord, Go tell Hezekiah, thus says the Lord, the God of your father David, I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. In three days, you'll go up to the temple. And Isaiah is instructed then to, or he instructs those attending to Hezekiah to apply this solve, this poultice to his wound, his boil, we're told. And he does, in fact, recover. He's given 15 more years of life. And what can we learn from that? Well, one, the authenticity in prayer. Isaiah is speaking truth to him. He didn't mind, he didn't shield the words. But Hezekiah's prayer of hope and authenticity results in a response of, I hear your prayer and you will be granted these additional years of life. Hopefully you'll use them for the good. Hopefully you'll use them for the good. And he does. In Matthew's Gospel, we've left chapter 11, we've entered chapter 12, and we're told now uh, Jesus is going to have a series of encounters with the Pharisees. Today we hear about questioning him, about the apostles, his followers, who were uh, taking some of the grain from the field as they walked through it on the Sabbath. Tomorrow's readings in the morning will be, on Saturday morning, will be about the healing of a leper on a Sabbath. So the Pharisees are questioning Jesus about his, in air quotes, work, doing work on the Sabbath. And the picking of a grain head and then rubbing it in your hands to, to yield the kernels was reflective of harvesting and reaping, harvesting and reaping the grain. And the, the point we're, taking from, we're able to take from this, rather, is the Pharisees, the Pharisaical class, had layered upon the Deuteronomic Code, the Ten Commandments, hundreds, hundreds. The count is approximately 613 laws on top of that that one had to follow to be a faithful Jew. For many, some of those laws were unachievable. You couldn't actually practice them. For example, uh, the Pharisees would have temple guards who would sit outside the temple or synagogue and they would evaluate your articles of clothing and if they were of the wrong admixture of fabric, if the tassel on your prayer shawl was not exactly the right length, you were not offered admission into worship. They were very pecune about these rules which which kept them in a position of power and authority which they actually didn't have. Pharisees were the quote learned ones and in Matthew's gospel It is the Pharisees and the scribes against which our Lord is in constant conflict because 
it is demonstrated through that beautiful gospel that it's often the Pharisees are not living authentically. They're trying to read the rule of something that they themselves cannot follow or don't follow, but apply that to everyone else and then sit in a constant, constant uh, position of judgment against those in the community around them. And our Lord tells us so beautifully today. He asked them actually, have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? This is the story captured in 1 Samuel when David and his companions are fleeing from Saul and they arrive in the Temple Mount and are asking, they ask for food and the only food available were a number of loaves, these 12 loaves, the showbread that were set out each Sabbath uh, in reverence to our Creator God. And that is what David and his companions consume. The priest gives it to them to eat. He challenges them on their knowledge of what had happened historically with King David. Or have you said, or have you, I say to you something, I say to you, someone, something greater than the temple is here. Not just Jesus, the Son of God, or the Lord of the Sabbath, but the kingdom is here now. And that you need to be, you Pharisees need to be attentive to the fact that the kingdom is now and I am the son of God, I am here now. So your pecune examination of rules is insignificant compared to the authentic heart and a heart of mercy that seeks our Lord. If you knew what this meant, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, he's quoting Hosea, you would not have condemned these innocent men for the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. And we can take from that this in our lives, perhaps, that it's this authentic heart that our Lord desires most, and it's walking in mercy. We offer mercy to those in our life. That's more important, perhaps, than anything we do relative to our exercise of faith. If we're unmerciful, or if we are in a constant state, find ourselves in a constant state of judgment against those around us or those we observe, you can be probably assured of two things. Number one, at the moment we're judging someone, there's someone else observing us, judging us. So it's, it's, it's bilateral. As we're judging someone, someone else is judging us. So I wonder what that judgment might, might be in our appearance, and how we pray, what we say, what we do, assumptions applied to us that may not be true. The other is that when we're in a constant state of judgment, judging another, our prayers are not going to be authentically heard. They're, I would think they're somehow re, retarded from being received. There's a way, there has to be a, a block, if you will, to our prayers being heard if we're not offering them in authenticity or if we're maintaining judgment in our heart yet pleading for mercy. That just seems incongruent, doesn't it? So maybe the message we take from today's gospel is like Hezekiah's petition pointing to us, pointing to the gospel and then in Matthew's telling of our Lord's teaching, it's when we approach him with authenticity, and when we try to offer mercy to all those we encounter. Mercy first, then it's then we are living most authentically in our faith. God bless you all.